Okay. Uh, hello, everyone out there. And today we have a new cl- new location that we're coming from, and uh, we've got a slightly different sort of podcast set up as well. Yeah. So we're going with something a little different for today's episode. Um, we uh, got to sit down with a steam expert. He doesn't like to be called that, but he is. Uh, Tom Collins out at the British School of Chicago. Um, so we've got a special interview with him. Uh, but yeah, new location. If things sounding a little different in the podcast, that's because we are... Where are we, Andy? Well, we've, we've made it across to the Grade 5 classrooms, and uh, we've been lucky enough uh, with the support of the school to set up a little podcasting zone uh, that we're excited to get our kids uh, using, and maybe even... Uh, having a class newsletter go out in podcast form, which is quite exciting. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet little setup we got here. So we'll chuck a picture of us um, recording on this. I feel very small, right? Yeah, uh, very yeah. big right now, like yeah. leaning down. Uh, so we'll send a little picture of this on our Twitter um, so people can check it out. But uh, yeah, please enjoy the interview with Tom Collins and uh, see what he has to say. Cool. And just before we go, uh, there for anyone interested in finding out more about STEAM in the classroom... Uh, Tom Collins is uh, uh, tutoring a online course for any Nordanglia teachers out there, and uh, it would be an excellent opportunity to uh, sort of get support and bringing that into your own classroom through uh, like a really patient and kind and knowledgeable man. Yeah, absolutely. So if Nordanglia teachers out there want to sign up to that, jump on um, Nordanglia University get in um, into the second cohort, and that course starts in October. October 4th, yep. Nice one. So, uh, yeah, enjoy, and um, we'll be back again shortly. Cool. Okay, so I am here in sunny Boston after having a great week at MIT, and I've got in the studio a good friend and fantastic educator, Tom Collins. Hi, Tom. Hello. So Tom is the STEAM Fellow for North Anglia University and is the STEAM Lead at British International School of Chicago, Lincoln Park Campus, and uh, he's here to talk to us about STEAM today. Yep. Got some good ideas about it. Yeah, yeah. I've been learning over the last four years what STEAM actually means and how it's different from STEM. Yep. <clears throat> and one could argue that actually they're both kind of the same thing. Right. But putting the A into STEAM to make it different um, in the way of enhancing the arts is what makes STEAM different. So STEM, the arts are included in STEM, I think, intrinsically by everything that's designed. There's always a kind of artistic take on it, but... When it comes to teaching young children, you need to kind of really spell that out for them. Yeah. So saying you are going to use an art skill in this lesson to help solve this problem, you're going to work on your using, uh, practicing of using materials or your critiquing of someone else's work. They're all artistic skills. So <clears throat> I feel to get children to be thinking in a connected way, you've got to sometimes spell it out for them. So I like the fact that STEAM really puts the A, the emphasis on the A, compared to STEM. Yeah. Well, speaking of spelling things out, so that is so STEAM is obviously the acronym Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Maths. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got the subjects in there, and I think from a uh, at a basic level, you would look at that word and think, okay, it's about these subjects, right? Yeah. But um, uh, I feel like it has we it, it, the the term has kind of been 
evolved and it means a lot more than just those subjects. Yeah, I would um, agree. So what, what do you think are the kind of parts that really define what STEAM is? I feel that <clears throat> when you um, look at STEAM, the whole point of those subjects being together is to promote cross-curricular learning experiences yep. for the children. So it goes beyond those five subjects. I think you could incorporate um, language, you could incorporate performing arts, you could incorporate geography, history, PE, all of that into a project. And what it really comes down to is getting the children collaborating and solving problems and taking risks, Mm -hmm. basically, and being okay with failing at something, but also enjoying the process. Carol Dweck's all about um, growth mindsets and how the growth mindset... um, Practicing a growth mindset is all about focusing on getting to the end point, but not the end point. And I feel STEAM and the way that you can kind of link all the subjects together in projects, and not just those subjects, but any subjects, it helps children realise that, oh, they can call on these pools of resources and this skill and this knowledge from this area to solve their problems that they've got. Um, It's cross-curricular, connected, collaborative learning. That's what STEAM is, really, I think. Nice. I, I think it just... Um, so the interdisciplinary nature, huge, cross-curricular. Um, but it's kind of, for me, just modelling the way that um, life... Or the way that people need to work to be successful yeah. in life. Like, there is no... There is no not really any pure mathematics roles out there that you do. No. You know what I mean? Like, everything requires you to draw on all types of subject area. Well, we've just been here at MIT looking at all this wonderful research that's coming out of the place, and not one single presenter talked about how they did it independently of each of them. No, nobody else helped them. You know, they, they said that they worked in teams of different expertise, calling on ideas that they don't... Maybe they don't feel strong in one area, so they get somebody who is good at that to come and help them. So it's all about realising that, yeah, you've got to work together and that's where innovation comes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, on, on Risky Business, we like to delve deeply into the theory and um, have a good understanding of uh, uh, sort of deep thinking about pedagogy, but we definitely need to balance it with actual practice and what really happens in the classroom and so you teach a lot of primary science classes mm-hmm. um tell us anything about that experience but um i'm kind of interested in how, what does what does that mean what does steam mean for a science class is do we still need a science class or can you can everything be covered that you need to cover through steam well, what do you think where you at? i feel my my mindset on that has changed um in the last four years when I started teaching science to primary school children, I figured it was this is a science lesson, they're going to learn about this phenomena, they're going to do an experiment, they're going to practice this skill. And I feel that's really important to do still. I think you can have science and it will... Um, standalone science lessons will always be interesting if you get the right kind of angle to engage the children. Yep. However, when you do primary science, there are x number of statements you've got to do in the curriculum teaching the curriculum and then you get to the end of the term and you've still got a few weeks so that then is the opportunity to apply those into a project-based learning experience for the children right so for example um my year fives were doing um, a unit on light and sound so we built upon the knowledge they'd gained and the skills they'd gained previously in other years about light and sound we went over some deeper concepts but then we still had some time so we were inspired by the MIT challenge of um, 
designing a piece of assistive technology. So I gave them that brief research, um, some kind of way that a human is impeded in their life, and design a solution that must use light or sound to help them. Yes. So that was, that was the focus, was light and sound. The science that I've been teaching them, that was the focus. But the project was come up with a prototype of a piece of assistive technology. And these are fourth graders, year five, um, and they were limited to junk modelling, a bit of um, little bits, kind of hot gluing little bits circuitry onto things, yep. or even just copper um, tape and buzzers and lights. Nice. So they got all the light and sound into it. And when you give them that freedom of... You've given them the input, the, the defined science input, but then when you give them the freedom of applying that however they like, so you can really see that they're understanding the concepts they've learned. Right. Um, it's quite impressive how what they come up with, really, the, mm-hmm. different, the different projects they come up with, and how they link it back to things they've learned before as well. There was one group who were linking... They wanted to make some kind of hand that opened and closed... Um, and they linked it back to what they learned about skeletons and yep. muscles in year three um, in another project we did. And I loved seeing that connected thinking. Children can think connectedly, but they need to be shown how to do it. Sure. So that when they get to older ages, they just do it intrinsically. I don't think you can expect a kindergartner to do that. You, av- you might get some kids that can, but your average kindergartner needs to be kind of really guided through the process to build up to where they will get to year six and they're totally fine doing it without your guidance right so it's not so much about sounds like what you're describing is it's not about replacing your science class with steam class or replacing any of those subjects but in your science class taking a bit more of a steam approach yeah definitely definitely just thinking about how you can best teach science by connecting it to other things. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes the best way is that you sit down and you use mirrors and you reflect light or you measure shadows and you do an experiment. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes the best way of getting that learning out of the children is to do a project. Yeah. So you don't feel you've got to, because you're doing STEAM, you've got to jump in and do projects, projects, projects. And then you sit there as a teacher worrying that you're not covering all the standards and you're not assessing it in a way that's going to give data you can share with people. It's great to have those projects, definitely, um, but it's also important to teach the discrete lessons and the discrete sil- skills and knowledge as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We're always trying to come back to understanding in learning. And understanding is really hard to assess, but understanding is the application of the skills and the knowledge. So what better way of showing understanding than doing a project? Doing something, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so why, why would we teach STEAM? I think... When the STEM, when STEM become kind of part of our uh, vernacular, it was that we needed scientists, we needed engineers in the industry because there's not enough, it's too many jobs, not enough people, and it's mm-hmm. getting more and more important. Um, is that the focus for you? Is it about getting people into those those industries, or are there other? Why we? Why is it important to have this? I want to have children <coughs> leave our school and we just go to year six we're in elementary school I want to have them leave our school with perhaps thinking about the future but I know that my journey into adulthood I had never defined what I wanted to do as my career by that age so I'm not going to pretend that children know what they want to be when they grow up when they're right. 11 years old my my reason for doing what I do is to give children the passion and excitement about their subjects and the way they can see the links between the subjects so that when they go to secondary school and high school and all those higher levels, they're already excited for those 
projects and those subjects and those areas. They, they don't necessarily want to be a scientist, but they know that when they go to a science class in year nine, they can have a good time because they've developed a love of it in elementary school. So yes. for me, a way to develop that love and engagement is through project-based learning. Some of the biggest examples I remember, or the, the biggest influences on my life, I should say, into going into education and science and all that myself, were those standout projects I did at school when I was a kid myself, you know? Yeah. When we were learning about the dinosaurs and we had to create um, a huge chicken wire and paper mache T-Rex, or when we were learning about um, ratios and proportions and materials, and we had to design and create... Um, a suit that was waterproof, but it wasn't, it was a prototype, a waterproof suit that would fit everyone in the class. And I remember our teacher really just taking a step back and letting us get on with it. Mm -hmm. The one thing I'll say about that, that wasn't project-based learning though, that was a project. Okay. And it was brilliant and it was really, really memorable. And I've stuck, it stuck with me all these years later, but it wasn't, here's your brief, go and do what you like. It was, I've bought this bolt of fabric, this is what we're gonna do, but you're gonna do it without me telling you how to do it type of thing. So it was kind of a step there. But that was in the 90s, early 90s, and I feel that is the best way to teach children. So I, th I think I definitely have memories of those kind of projects mm. that stood out because it's like I, I could have sat through a million maths classes, but the class when we were doing some kind of really awesome yeah. project is the one I remember. Yeah. I can remember the projects. Um, like, why do you think, why do they stand out? Like, is it just because we're creating something and that's so right, essential yeah. to us? Or? I think it's the creativity. It's the being given permission to be creative. Yeah. When a normal math class, maybe you're just going to do some rote learning and that's also okay. You've got to learn your sums and techniques for multiplying and things like that. But I think it's the being allowed to be creative and explore that curious side of you as a child. Yep. It's going to make you feel excited and engaged. I would challenge anybody to find um, a project-based learning task that doesn't engage children. In right. Because I think it always does. And I think the engagement is what is key to making those memories. I know that when, you, when you're an adult, you don't look back in your primary school years and think, oh, yes, I remember distinctly how I was taught to read or how I was taught to add up. Mm -hmm. You remember when you were humiliated by your teacher for not being able to do it, which happened to me, or you remember when you were able to apply that, but the in-between bit of how you learned it, you don't remember. Right. But you, you learned it still. Yes. But the memories of those projects is what gets children excited to follow those career paths in the future, even if at the time they're not thinking, I'm going to be a scientist because this was a great science project or an opportunity to do some project-based learning in science. They might not think that at the time, but when they become an adult, they go, oh, yeah, I remember doing that as a kid, actually. That was really fun. Oh, that was because of this that I'm learning about now. I'm going to go and follow that passion. And I feel... If you can find a career that follows your passion, then you're set for life, really, aren't you? Yeah. And that's what—that's the whole end point. But you've got to build the enthusiasm and passion along the way. And, and I really feel that STEAM, as an umbrella term, and underneath it, you've got project-based learning, collaborative learning, projects, um, student-led learning. All of that kind of fits under the umbrella of STEAM. And STEAM really is a fancy acronym that's very marketable. But all it really means is cross-curricular learning, sure. I think. Yeah. And that's not a new concept. Mm -hmm. It's just been packaged in a way that sells really well yep. and is un easily understood. I feel that's all that Steam is at the minute. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good uh, overview of it. Fantastic. Uh, all right. So we just talked about excellent lessons that stand out and you remember them for all time. 
of, st- of lessons you've done, STEAM lessons that you've had with kids and you've really managed to either get the whole class engaged or break through with a certain kid. Um, sometimes it's a big thing that you did or it's a small thing you did, but are there any kind of little moments or inclusions that you can point to of like, this is something that I really think is should be there? Yeah, I think um, it goes back to creativity and collaboration, I feel. We were doing um, a kindergarten entry lesson into forces and pushes and pulls and physics. As a primary school teacher, physics is always a subject that comes up of people needing more assistance with knowing how to teach. Yep. So we um, applied the artistic strand to it and we did pendulum painting um, where you basically set up a broom... And you've got a cup with some paint in it that's been watered down and you just poke a hole in the bottom of it and the children swing it like a pendulum and just right. see how it makes the, spa- the shapes. And it will become like a spirograph. It's really quite cool, actually. Yeah. It just naturally goes around. And all the learning of science for that is like learning that a push and a pull and gravity's pulling things down, right? That's very straightforward, early physics. The artistic um, side of it is understanding how you can use materials to cr- express... Um, a concept or an experience so they're expressing their experience of learning about gravity and knowing that they're being pulled to the ground with this pendulum that's painting for them and it's making these spirals and then we were able to get another link to it because we were doing a world book week and the book we'd been told as a school to, sub- to across the whole year groups to look at was the snail and the whale mm-hmm. so I was like well look at the snail's spiral shell let's emulate that using this art oh and it's also an entry point I wasn't expecting them to come out being able to talk very clearly about physics and art and all that, but as a hook, yeah. a little hook into that whole unit of work, it got them excited for what could be a very dry physics unit, mm-hmm. um, and it got them really excited for it because it was there was a creative, visual, instant piece of work they had done that wasn't digit, it wasn't on their iPad, it wasn't instant gratification in that way, but it's instant gratification in that they could see it being yeah, made in real time. And now they're up on the wall and they're sitting in the class and they still look up and remember and point to it. And they're just actually gorgeous bits of work as well. Physics is one of those subjects that kind of uh, is thought of as really difficult, complex. You've got like pages and pages of numbers and letters and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But at the same time, it has the opportunity, like the chance to kind of show either really just really cool Phenomenon, yeah. In real demonstrations or unexpected things, which yeah. also get really kids really excited. There's, um, I, I think he's retired. Um, I don't know. He might not even be alive. But Walter Lewin is an MIT professor that publishes a lot of his lectures. He's mm-hmm. a, um, he's an, a, a physicist, and he just does these live demonstrations in lecture halls that mm-hmm. just they're so cool to watch. Like yeah. the ones where pendulum. The reason I'm thinking about the pendulum, he has one with the the cannonball that swings. And oh, doesn't and doesn't come back to come, his nose. Yeah, because he's doing it, and the laws are that it won't go further than it started. Yes. Because it's going to lose energy, so he can do it from here, and it won't smack him in the face. And Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. That's really cool. And, yeah, for, for me, that subject in particular highlights what the, the STEAM is about. It's, like, tying together the, the application and the theory and mm-hmm. um, just learning about the whole lot and getting excited about it as well. Yeah. Um, which is the power there. And when you strip it down to its basics, it's just pushes and pulls. That's all it really comes down to. Big pushes and big pulls and little pushes and little pulls. That's all it comes down to. <laughs> right. 
All right, cool. So I did mention that you are the STEAM fellows for North Anglia University, mm-hmm. um, which means you're in charge of all of STEAM for all of North Anglia. <laughs> no, that's a horrible, <laughs> frightening concept. I'm not, I'm not, because I'm not, I don't purport to be an expert on STEAM. Just yeah. somebody who's tried a few things out and had a go and had some made success. mistakes, took risks and got messy along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us then, um, without claiming to be the expert, in, for North Anglia, what is the... What is a STEAM approach? What do they kind of feel is an important... What are the basic elements of their perspective? I feel it's one of... STEAM is being used as a way to try to engage colleagues around North Anglia um, as an acronym to differentiate it from STEM as well. I had one person this week honestly thought, until they learnt the A was art, they thought that it was something that North Anglia made up. They didn't know it was a real... Oh really? Like more, they didn't know it was outside of North Anglia as a concept. They thought North Anglia just made up this acronym for Steam and everyone to else be different, the and everyone else around the world. Well, they didn't. I didn't. They read anything, um, but within North Anglia, the way that we're tackling it is with the MIT collaboration mm-hmm. um, and being able to provide opportunities for students to come to MIT and experience what it's like to be a student here. Yep. Drinking from the fire hydrant, mm-hmm. which I've experienced and you've experienced, of that just being thrown in the deep end and being challenged to think in a way that you haven't thought about in years. Yes. Um, working with people from all over. Um, when we come on the PD in the summer, we work with colleagues from all over the world, and it's it just highlights the strength of collaborative work. And it's a real mixture of teachers from all the STEAM disciplines and the age phases. Um, so we've got primary school teachers, early years teachers, and high school teachers and IB teachers in all different subjects working together and we get given a project to do as well so the, I feel that within North Anglia the STEAM push is to see the connectedness of the curriculum and b- try to give people the confidence to break away from the standalone siloed lessons and subjects um, and really focus on collaboration yeah. and working together and reaching out to colleagues who might know how to do something that you don't know how to do mm-hmm. And also being being okay with failing and getting it wrong as well. North Anglia didn't get it right. I remember that um, wall of shame, the wall of failure that I saw in one of the makerspaces here at North Anglia. Yeah, Edgerton Centre. Yeah, it's an incredibly powerful piece of um, display, and I think every school should have a wall of failure in it to show that failure is okay. Yeah. But with North Anglia, I feel that they really are pushing the collaborative, either within your school, across your region, within the city, collaborative cross-curricular approach to teaching as a way that emulates life really like you were saying earlier there's no no career where you all you do is math Mm -hmm. you are always problem solving and working with other people scientists don't sit in a lab by themselves and some of them might do but most of the time they're working in a team engineers collaborate artists might work individually but they've collaborated collaborated along their career to get to where they are so that's the one takeaway from this week that I've really gone back to school with, and that is collaboration is key. Yeah. And um, don't try to feel you've got to know everything, because you don't, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Something I really like about what the MIT collaboration has done for our school is highlighting for students these... Um, they pick out, for each challenge that MIT provides us with, they pick out a personality like an MIT professor or alum or graduate or something Um, and I think that it has given students exposure to 
these like heroes in steam Mm -hmm. heroes in science or whatever it is where you know i know growing up i was interested in science but i i didn't have a a role model that i like you know i might have been able to name like einstein or something but then i knew all these sports personalities but for our kids and they now know of um pico hosoi jeffrey hoffman i've mentioned to them and you know all these people that have presented the challenges to us Um, I really like that. And they see, they, you know, they, they start to find celebrities in steam, like worthwhile celebrities, you know, I agree. Um, It's nice as well because those challenges, um, they seem very prescriptive when, when you first approach them, but actually they're just meant to be an inspiration for a jumping off point into delving into that, that professor's field a bit more Yep. to really exploring it. Um, and they're so varied as well. We've got now 12 with this new lot coming up. We've got 12 challenges. And the great thing about it is you shouldn't feel that, oh, we've done that year's challenge, now we're moving to the next one. If you if something you did two years ago with the Navigating Tomorrow Challenge worked, keep doing it. Because the whole point of the collaboration isn't to forget what they've done two right. years ago, it's to continue working in those areas. Because they're just jumping off points into the whole collaborative cross-curricular approach to learning. Yes, absolutely. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I feel sometimes people feel that they have to... Ign- keep moving with the challenges but and you know what I did as well I've not looked at the year one challenges since we did it Mm -hmm. but this year actually I think I'm going to go back and do the visualising data challenge because why should that just be a one off that should actually be in everything we do yeah well if it was good then it should still be good now exactly exactly absolutely alright so we do have this we work for North Anglia we have this um, outstanding opportunity um, we, you mentioned that we've got teachers that are able to come to MIT mm-hmm. once a year. Um, and so each school has places for that. So teachers listening from North Anglia, you know, look into to trying to get your name on that list. Um, but you are in charge of another um, element to all of this that is, is helping at least get teachers in, um, involved in implementing STEAM. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about your course on North Anglia University? Yeah, so I have, um, with the help of some people in the North Anglia offices in Oxford, I've developed a course, a six-week course, um, called Bringing STEAM into the Classroom. Yeah. And it's basically, it's a great chance for me to share my thoughts and feelings about STEAM based on the experiences that I've had working with MIT. Um, so it's a quick, a quick overview of it is we define what STEAM is, how it differentiates from STEM, we look at the history of where STEM even came from and why it's important. Um, we look at how you can resource it, um, troubleshoot ways that we can solve problems like we don't have a makerspace. Mm-hmm. So what are the solutions people have for that? Yep. We um, look at how you can find what's going on in your school already. Because when you walk around your school and with the focus of looking what STEAM is, looking at what STEAM is, I should say, you can really see there's a lot going on. Yeah. We look at the difference between using STEAM to enhance a learning opportunity as opposed to really integrating it and okay. integrating the lessons together in a project or project-based learning task. Because um, using arts to have an outcome, like you say you've done a lesson on life cycles and you want them to paint a picture of a life cycle, that's not STEAM. Yes. I mean, it is, but it's not really. Okay. That's using art to enhance an outcome. Whereas, is there, some, is there a different way you could do it along the way of using art to integrate into the journey and the project so that the outcome isn't just enhanced by art, but art is really integrated into it? Sure. That's how I, that's how I feel STEAM should be differentiated from STEM. It's really making the art so highlighted and integrated. Um, and then we look at things like um, 
defining your vision and your why. And we did that this week um, here at MIT, actually. Mm-hmm. We, we were able to give us, we were given some chance to define our vision for what STEAM should be in our schools. Um, and it goes back to Simon Sinek's work about if you start with why and you everything you decide to do comes back to that strong why statement, why you're doing it in the first place. And anything that it should be, um, it should always be built from the why. So anything you do that doesn't come back to that, why are you doing it? Yes. Um, and my ultimate goal for this course is to people is for people to leave the course taking away at least one thing. I was always told if you go to a PD event, if you come away with at least one new way of thinking about something, then you've had success. So another aspect of it was looking at um, rubrics and breaking down rubrics and figuring out how to assess steam and things like that mm-hmm. um, I I wonder if the name bringing steam into the classroom is a bit ambitious maybe it should just be called steam 101 because <laughs> it is just a, an intro to steam Okay. and from it I've got lots of ideas of single seminars other courses and things we could do to really delve into some different areas more deeply one thing that I was told this week is that I don't need to be the creator of all of these courses, that yeah. my role, it might involve creating things, but it is also about curating yeah. and finding things that are already out there or experts that can share their learning in a way that we can then put and make this curated page of North Anglia University that's got full of courses and you can just delve into whatever you like, different areas you like to look at in STEAM. Um, so far the people who have taken it have been very very positive nice. and I think it's hit the right note with um, telling people what it is that STEAM is telling them about the collaboration with MIT and giving them a bit of a confidence in thinking of ways to plan in a cross-curricular way sure so we're going to be running it again in September outstanding um, learning from what we've got from the pilot um, and changing things if need, need be but yeah running it again from September will be really cool so if any North Anglia teachers are listening, when it's when the course list comes out in September, um, get yourself on it. Sign yourself up. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I what I'm going to try and do in our school is um, sign up with a group of teachers and, and work through it together. I mean, the online courses are fantastic, but there's always the the, the downside is that motivation sometimes it's hard to like make sure you log on and yeah. find the time. But I think if you can get find a study buddy, find someone that is willing to do it alongside you. And, um, and and work together and keep yourself motivated and also bouncy ideas like you were saying about collaboration I right? agree I agree there's lots of good courses out there in the world and when you do them as a little steering group yeah. a little just after after hours twilight session you get much more powerful learning coming out of it yeah and now that I've run it as um, a facilitator online I'm thinking that I should do the same at my school mm-hmm. like they've got the person who wrote the course Why? I, my next step will be to get a group of people together to take the course why not? Within school, but also in tandem with the online people that are doing it at the same time. So, Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much, Tom. You were adamant that you're not an expert, but I think it's clear that uh, you've, you've really sort of got a good understanding of what STEAM is and you've, you've made some really great progress. Thanks. Successes through the failures, I think. I think but, that's definitely uh, key. Success through failure. I always tell the children, failing is the first attempt in learning. That's F-A-I-L there. Uh, That's a great way to leave the end of uh, (laughs) this interview. All right, fantastic. Thanks very much. Thanks.